Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley is behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. Tell you hop board on this Tuesday night as we reflect on the Phillies and what was a great run to Game 6 of the World Series here and look ahead here to the offseason to come. Game uh, 6 on Saturday, so disappointing you know, to be up to one run. And that decision by Rob Thompson, which I know angered so many people here, didn't anger me. I, I thought, if not routine, it was uh, expected for that. That at that point, they'd pull Wheeler and they put in uh, the guy that they've counted on a lot during this postseason. It didn't work out. Sometimes manager decisions don't work out. It doesn't mean it's the worst thing you've ever seen. I don't think it's an all-time blunder. It didn't work out. Phillies lose, but their bats cost them more than that. And of course, we have the Eagles eight zero somehow, some way. The second story over the last month here in Philadelphia, an MVP candidate, a quarterback coach of the year candidate at head coach, and a lot to talk about here with Ben Brown of Pro Football Focus right now. Ben, welcome back to the show. Let's start with this. Um, Ben, Jalen Hurts has had an incredible season. Josh Allen banged up now coming off a bad game. Patrick Mahomes has also had a really good season. Ben, if I gave you an MVP ballot ballot right now, and let's say it was kind of that new way Peter King said, where you got to write one, you got to write two, you got to write three, how would you fill it out? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's really hard to argue uh, against Jalen Hurts right now, right? Like you said, Josh Allen, a little bit banged up. Uh, I, I would say in a lot of ways, very similar supporting cast. Uh, but I think, you know, from where the Philadelphia Eagles were kind of projected in the offseason, uh, to where they are now, I think a big reason why they have such a high ceiling is because, you know, Jalen Hurts is very much uh, at, at times look like the best quarterback in the NFL. And I think when you're looking at some of, you know, PFF's uh, advanced metrics and some of the things that we say, say are kind of like stable from a quarterback perspective, Jalen Hurts is either at the top or very near the top of all those metrics. So I think, you know, going against him, especially you know, kind of, uh, you know, how good the Eagles are playing right now, no injury situations, uh, it, it's hard to argue any sort of slip-up is going to happen in the second half of the season. And I think if they are, you know, sitting there with the best record in football, uh, Jalen Hurts is very much uh, deserving of that MVP trophy. 
Ben, how lo- how much longer until you start thinking about it? Until it becomes maybe the the conversation around the NFL uh, with the Eagles without a loss. I mean, it, we're not halfway there yet, and it's a, lo- a long season to go. But you look at their schedule coming up: home against the Commanders, at the Colts, who I mean have Jeff Saturday as their head coach right now. Uh, right. They'll face the <laughs> Packers at home, which looked like a challenging game. Doesn't really look like that much of a challenging game right now. And then the Titans at home, which will not be a cakewalk, but a game they'll be favored in significantly. Uh, ben, I think it's a real chance that we enter December with the Eagles still undefeated. How many more wins do you think before this becomes a real conversation? Are, are they going to pull this off? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they're, you know, obviously going to pull it off in any one of those games. You know, they could allow it to slip up, but we have them with, you know, the, the 21st most difficult schedule, so bottom half of the NFL schedule over the remaining games. When you look at when you look at who they have lining up, kind of like you said, it's hard to find a loss or a game where they're you know not going to be a, a pretty heavy favorite outside of that game you know in Dallas on Christmas Eve. And I think that's kind of got to be the one where you circle it and go, okay, well you know if they can get up to this point, they are probably still going to be favored in that particular matchup. And then anything can kind of happen. But you know until then, I'm 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 kind of inclined to see them you know at least be able to pull out you know, a, a lot of these victories and string them all together until they kind of get to that Christmas Eve matchup. Ben, I'm curious your, your thought. I, earlier in the show, we were debating um, the merits of it and, and, and the worth, right? I mean, an undefeated season is special. We know the Dolphins at 72, the only ones to do it, and win a championship. Uh, Patriots, of course, in 2007. But a lot of our, our listeners, and I remember back to the Patriots in 07, I thought they kind of ran out of gas at the end. I thought they were yep. tired, probably because they, they tried to make history. We've also seen the other side. A team like the Colts, and I think it was 09 or 10, you know, at 14-0, they start pulling guys out of games. Like, they're just thinking way big picture. What do you think, let's say we get there, let's say we're at Christmas Eve and the Eagles are undefeated. Uh, where do you fall on that scale with make history, go for it, versus you got to make sure you're healthy when the playoffs start. Right. And I think it, it kind of depends uh, in some ways on the current status of that team. And right now the Eagles are one of the most healthiest teams in the NFL. And I think that, you know, if that kind of holds true, of course, freak things can happen. And, of course, you know, the, the, the training staff and the coaches should be, you know, very aware of who's kind of, you know, getting beaten on a lot more than what they should. The rigor, the, the rigor role, role of kind of, you know, the, the week in and week out grind can definitely impact more guys uh, in certain ways than other guys can. So I, I think you kind of know your team and trust your team. But I think, you know, the goal should be very much winning a championship. And I think when the decision-making that comes down to it should be how do we best maximize that sort of championship window. And I do believe that, uh, you know, getting guys, healthy and rested at the end of the season, even with a bye, can be very helpful in kind of figuring out that long-term goal. And if you end up, you know, maybe maybe not putting forth your best performance against a team like the Cowboys, you know, on Christmas Eve because of it, or or, or the Saints at home, or even, you know, the Giants at home later on uh, after those, those games, uh, I, I think you still very much try and set yourself up to be successful in, in that first round of the playoffs that you have to play in and then subsequently all the way through. So if you have a guy, you know, even, you know, somebody like Lane Johnson or somebody who maybe has a little bit of an injury concern towards the end of the season, I think you very much hold them out, even if you do have uh, a perfect record and that opportunity to kind of go for a history-making type performance. I still think the championship uh, should probably supersede that outcome. 
Ben Brown, Pro Football Focus, joining us here talking some Eagles as we head towards uh, the Eagles and the Commanders on Monday night. Ben, if there's one major concern right now, and and among concerns it would be you know not that big of a deal, but we're nitpicking here on undefeated team. It's their run defense, Ben. The Eagles are getting gashed in the run game right now, um, including uh, tackling issues, and that that started early in the season. They just are not a very good tackling team. How big of a deal do you think this is, and how much of it, uh, not the tackling so much, but maybe just the way they play and, and protecting the pass more than the run, do you think some of this is kind of by design, the way they run their defense? How big of a deal is all this? Yeah, I, I'm not inclined to think it's too big of a deal, like you said. It, it, we're obviously nitpicking very small, inco- inconsequential things on an 8 no team or whatever. We have them with the 24th-ranked run defense so far, but a lot of that, I think, is also kind of situation-dependent, right? When you are up, uh, you know, multiple scores in a lot of games, you're going to allow some three- and four-yard runs. You're going to allow some maybe even bigger chunk-type runs as long as you're not, you know, allowing the big play through the passing game. So I do think a lot of it is, you know, defensive scheme, especially kind of being up in a lot of these matchups. Now, the, the question becomes, you know, if they do get behind, are they going to be able to get enough stops defensively when a team's trying to rush the football to get back into that game? And we still really haven't seen, you know, that type of defensive performance when they've absolutely needed it. That would be the spot where I would kind of maybe get more concerned than what we have been at through the first at nine weeks of the season or whatever. But I think until that kind of comes, uh, you're more so just kind of splitting hairs with the fact that they've been so good from a coverage perspective that they're almost allowing a little bit, uh, you know, in the rushing game to kind of incentivize teams to continue to kind of do that less probability event of not actually kept, kept catching up as much as they probably should be. Ben, right now you look at the standings. It's the Eagles at one in the NFC. At number two, with only one loss is Minnesota. The only loss, of course, was to the Eagles in week two on Monday Night Football. Ben, how good are the Vikings? Cause I feel like every time I watch them, they're squeaking out these wins, including winning Sunday. Uh, and then we saw the dance on the plane by Kirk Cousins, which is a whole other thing. But they right. barely won that game Sunday. They're 7-1. and one. They traded for Hawkinson. How, how good are the Vikings as the number two team standings-wise in the NFC? Yeah, I think they can very much stack up with, you know, I would say the second tier of teams in the NFC really well from an offensive perspective. My concern, of course, uh, is defensively, right? They are still relying on, uh, you know, some old veteran-type players in the secondary, specifically with Harrison Smith, who definitely, I would say, has kind of lost the step, still has, you know, a really high football IQ to the point where he can be in a lot of situations and still make a lot of big plays. But uh, I think for what he was to where he is currently, it, it's definitely a step back. And I think you could say a lot of the same things for Patrick Peterson, some of their young cornerbacks as well, kind of hurt, and Daniil Hunter's you know, been been back in certain areas, but uh, maybe hasn't been that top build type pass rusher that everyone kind of expects, right? So then it's really kind of been the the, the Darius Smith show throughout, from, especially from a pressure perspective. But if that's all they have, uh, I think they're very susceptible defensively, and they have gotten a lot of breaks. And I think that's why people aren't really overly high on them from a power rankings perspective. And of course, you know, facing off against. Uh, a run of backup quarterbacks as well, which again might happen again this weekend against Buffalo. I think they still have, you know, a, a long ways to go to the point where I would say they are uh, the closest challenger to uh, the Philadelphia Eagles to win the NFC. I think there's probably, you know, both Dallas and San Francisco 
uh, I would have higher than Minnesota, given their current state and, where, and kind of what we've seen through them for the, through the first nine weeks of the season. Ben, when you talk about defenses, um, you know, I feel like we always start with the pass rush, and that's what the Eagles always want to build themselves on. But I just continue to be impressed, Ben, with the Eagles' secondary. It's, it's maybe the best one I've ever seen them have, or at least for a very long time, talking a couple decades now. Uh, how good is their secondary compared to the league? Because, you know, from my eyes, they've got to be near the top. I mean, they just take the ball away so often – and it's very, it's very rare when someone gets open on Darius Slayer, James Bradbury. Yeah, definitely. It's been, you know, I would say a top seven, basically top six uh, coverage unit so far. And that factors in, you know, all the coverage players that they have along, you know, not only Darius Slay, James Bradbury, uh, you know, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, but also some of the linebacker play as well, which I think is maybe a little bit of the weak spot. Uh, you know, Marcus Epps is probably the one guy who you can maybe nitpick a little bit and say, He's kind of the concern in the deep half of the field, especially if he can kind of cover, you know, in that pre-safety position. But outside of that, they very much have, uh, you know, a legitimate shutdown corner in Darius Slay. I think, you know, he's definitely flashed that at points throughout his career, but this is kind of the first season where he's put it together week in and week out. And I think when you have that guy, uh, you know, locking up the other team's top, uh, you know, pass catching option, uh, then a guy like James Bradbury also looks really good. And he is, you know, I would say not – not really close, but he is, you know, very close to being uh, a legitimate shutdown corner in the same mold as Darius Slay as well. So I think, you know, they very much have a top five coverage unit and, and they're all healthy. And I think that if you're kind of comparing, uh, you know, teams from a secondary perspective, uh, a lot of the situations that you would maybe have thought would be, you know, better than Philadelphia, especially heading into the season, are very banged up right now. All the, you know, the Buffalo Bills, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have kind of gotten back a little bit, some of their guys, but uh, I think when you're looking at the current state of all these secondaries, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles are, you know, very much near, if not uh, at the top of that pile, I would say. Ben, let's end with uh, looking ahead to Monday night. The Commanders are coming, and last time the Eagles played them, they blew the doors off them early in the game. That, of course, was against Carson Wentz. Now it's Taylor Heineke in there, a quarterback. Um, Commanders have been better. I think they kind of blew one on Sunday against the the, the Vikings. But what, what have you noticed with them? Uh, it seems like they've been a little bit of more competent team last month or so. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I still think they're missing, you know, a, a little bit defensively. I think with Chase Young kind of back in the fold, uh, really is going to help from a pressure situation. But you know, outside of his rushing ability, ability, Taylor Heineke is not giving them much from a passing grade perspective. I thought they would be better after you know the first week of the season. Uh, given some of the weapons that they have, you know, at the wide receiver position with, of course, Terry McLaurin. But Jahan Dotson's kind of fallen off a cliff, cliff in a lot of situations, banged up as well. Uh, and I just don't think they have a lot there, you know, at the secondary wide receiver position. So it would be surprising for me to see, uh, you know, them stay close enough in this game, maybe even to cover the spread. But, you know, the, the plus 11 margin so wide, there's obviously the potential for a backdoor. But uh, I really don't feel confident uh, you know, taking 11 points with the Washington Commanders right now. So I think, uh, I think from a betting perspective, it's definitely you know Philadelphia minus 11 for me or bust. Great stuff, Ben Brown, Pro Football Focus. Thank you, Ben. We'll catch up soon. Thanks, Joe. Have a great show. Thank you, Ben Brown. There joining us, uh, obviously very high on the Eagles, what they're doing right now. He's not too concerned with this run defense, which is. If we're looking, and we are, we're looking for a concern um, on this team. I heard Mark Cerise today debating whether or not the Eagles have been dominant. You know what that tells me? The fact that that debate is a real one. It was a good show they did. Um, It tells me that the Eagles are really, really good. If we're debating the level of their dominance. They're undefeated. They have the second best point differential in the NFL. 
They just didn't play a great game and still won the game by 12. I know it's against a bad Texas team, but if you don't play your best football and you still win by 12 against anyone in the NFL, I mean, we just watched the Bills lose outright as double-digit point favorites. We've seen this over and over in the NFL. The Eagles just win. They just win every week. Their level of consistency in their play is is unlike any team in the NFL. I mean, is their knockout punch as good as the Bills? Probably not. We've seen the Bills win by like 30 a couple times, right? Against the Titans, against the Steelers. I don't think the Eagles have that knockout punch. But like if I'm using the boxing analogy, they just jab you for round after round and then you just fall over. You just lose by decision every time. I, they're the most consistently good team every week in the NFL. And if you are that, like I'm not just I'm not worried about their focus. I'm not worried about the run defense. You know, certain matchups might worry me if they play the Niners. I'd be scared of that game. But I I, I don't see any reason other than a major rash of injuries that anything's going to fall off between now and the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. The health this team has been able to sustain over the first nine weeks is a big reason why they've been so consistent and so dominant. But I just think it's weird that other teams get credit for playing worse against bad competition than the Eagles do consistently beating up on teams, right? Like, the the Chiefs really struggled to beat Malik Willis, yep. a guy who completed five passes. And I know that defense is good. I know Derrick Henry's good. But the Tennessee Titans are not good, especially with Malik Willis at, at quarterback. They get a lot of credit for that. But the Eagles, for tying the Houston Texans at the half, for some reason become worse in the eyes of a lot of people, even though they ended up winning that game by multiple possessions or because they played the Steelers two weeks ago, that doesn't count even though they beat the Steelers by three possessions. I just, I don't know. If we were the college football playoff committee and we were talking about resume, sure, the Eagles might not have a, a big win like the Bills over the Chiefs, but there's only one win, te- one, one loss team in the NFL, and the Eagles beat them by three possessions. I just don't know what more they could have done so far. They haven't struggled against anybody. They haven't trailed in the second half at any point in the season. I mean, this team has flatly dominated everyone that's been put in front of them so far. Yeah, and, that, and that's the mark of an excellent football team. I mean, that, and it's, in the NFL, they are the exception. Most teams have down weeks. What's the Eagles' down week? The Arizona game, where they 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 kind of fight their way through that to finish it. All right, they still won the game. I mean, they still won the game. This past week against the Texans, they still won by 12 points. I mean, winning by no one should ever have to. If we're saying that wasn't good enough after a 12-point win, I mean, I think we're spoiled now. Like, we're expecting something that's just not the NFL. I mean, they're 8-0, and they have two wins that came with a margin of less than eight points. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Their consistent play every single week is, I mean, how many teams, what's their worst game this year? Like, what's the game they played their worst football? Arizona? You can honestly argue Arizona or the Cowboys. The Cowboys came back and made it 2017. Right. right. But, but then it, they responded immediately and made it 26-17, one by nine. Yeah. But that was the fewest yards I think they had in any game this season. So, three offenses in the NFL, Shio Kapati had this number today, are tied for the most great games. The Eagles, Chiefs, and Bills. And how about this? Five offenses have yet to have a terrible game in terms of EPA per play. 
Eagles, Chiefs, Bills, Falcons, Ravens. So the Eagles fall into both sides of that coin. They have had three of the three the most great games. Excuse me, the most great games. Those three teams had the most great games, and they have the fewest bad games or you know really poor offensive games. I mean that that's that that's consistency every week. It's it's usually really really good. That's who they are. Gary is in Whitehall. Hey Gary. Hey, what's happening, Joe? How you doing? Good, Gary. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, since you're talking to Eagles now, we'll, we'll stick with that one right now. Uh, but I have some Phillies points. Um, you can only play who's on your schedule. Um, the, the thing I wanted to talk about is I'm tired of uh, hearing the critics and the and the uh, crickets and everybody else say, "Well, you got an easy schedule." They don't make the schedule. They only play who's on the schedule. I'm sick and tired of hearing it. Um, yes, they are eight and zero, but you know what? The whole NFC East has a very easy schedule. So if the Eagles are 8-0 and the other teams aren't, then obviously they're not that good. Well, you're right. And, Gary, you know what's interesting about all this? In 2017, the Eagles had a, a, a not a great schedule, and they had a last-place schedule coming off of 2016, and they dominated – and it didn't matter when it was time to, to to line up in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl that they beat better. They beat good teams. They won. Right. Exactly. I mean, as I said, you can only play who's in front of you. It, 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 you know, it's you know, yes. If they have a weakness, it might be the run defense, and that's because of uh, with Jordan Davis out right now. Uh, and their other weakness is uh, their special team. Um, but I, I, I mean, I, I don't. I'm just tired of the critics. You know. You know bringing that up about the schedule. Um, let's go to the Phil's, though. Um, your other caller said about having Derek Hall play first base. I'm for that. Um, yeah, well, I missed the 30 home runs from Reed Hoskins. Yes. Am I going to miss the poor defense and the, uh, you know, the three weeks where he's not hitting the ball? Absolutely not. Um, free agency? I like Turner. It's going to cost a little bit. I would actually, I like him because you can put him at leadoff or even bat in second. Yep. Um, he hits for average. He has speed. He plays a great shortstop. Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to Xander Bogarts because he's a contact hitter. Bat and hits 300. He, he could probably, you know, you know, his home runs will pick up a little bit. And, you know, he has the connection with Dombrowski. Um, I'm not really sold on Correa. He signed that big contract with. Minnesota, and then he opted out after one year. Um, to me, he's, that's to me, he's not committed. You know, what would what would commit him? You know, and, and you know, but uh, and most of all, I'm really hoping they bring up the three kids next year, the pitching guys, because um, quite frankly, starting pitching won't hurt, couldn't hurt them. You know. Um, that was their. I think that was their downfall near the end. Um, I don't know. What's your take on that? Well, they didn't have enough pitching, Gary. They, they, they had. It was almost like they were trying to just use the same five or six pitchers over and over again. But you, it's hard to do that, right? Like it's a seven-game series. You're going to have to put other guys out there, Gary. I think. I think those guys are going to be here soon. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Andrew Painter's in this rotation very quickly next year. I mean. Uh, when Dabrowski was in Miami, he had Josh Beckett in the rotation at 20 years old. So, like, I, I, I this kind of reminds me of that. Like, this kid 
could be an ace like Beckett was. And then the other guys, you know, Abel, I think he'll be here soon. And I wouldn't be surprised if McGarry helps him in the bullpen at, at some point next year. He's got that I, kind of stuff. Right. I like I like that idea. Um, and you, what was your uh, what was your side topic tonight? Oh, your favorite moment, like your favorite w- moment of the whole postseason run. Um. Being that everybody's down on Thompson because he might have got a little panicky, um, and, but he pushed the right buttons to get us wherever we were at. I like to move in game one, bring him in Ranger Suarez in the ninth inning. Yeah, Gary, that was a big one. Gary, that was a really big one. I mean, here's your game three starter, and he's bringing them in in the ninth inning. And it worked, and they won that game. How about that? I mean, that just showed, like, when he was when he was on, the buttons he was pushing, they were all working. Exactly. I mean, and, you know, if it wasn't for him, they wouldn't have been there where they were at. So, that's, you know, that's my take on that. Well, I, you know, Gary, I'm glad you said that. Gary, I appreciate your phone call. And that's that's why I was a little bit frustrated with all of the backlash towards Topper. Because, they're exactly, they're not there without all the buttons he pushed and the way he pushed those buttons. That... That is what struck me about all that. 215-592-9494. We'll come back. Your phone calls uh, on the Phillies here. Your favorite moment, pride or frustration? Which hits you more right now? The feeling three days after the the, um, the, the, the season ended for the Phillies in the World Series. And when we get back, I want to let you hear from Nick Castellanos talking about how he thinks it's just the beginning. Hopefully it is. Hopefully it's, a, it's not the beginning of, of what we're seeing out of Castellanos because what an awful season. But just the beginning for the Phillies. And we'll hit on the Frank Reich thing. I mean, that yesterday, that entire situation, incredible. I, I think it could lead to Frank Reich ending up back here at some point in Philadelphia. And we are now dealing with the least qualified head coach in the history of pro football. And guess who faces him next week? The Eagles. We'll talk about it on Sports Radio 94 WIP. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? 
Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.